Hey everybody, how you doing? Hey, tonight we are going to have a wonderful conversation. Dr. Bob Saul is a person that has been guiding in the physical, behavioral, and mental area when it comes to reference to children for over 40 years. And he's written several books, has a line of history in this area. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually be kind of talking through one of the books that he has written, specifically called Conscious parenting. It's using the parental awareness threshold. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this conversation. And I know you don't want to have your friends or family members to miss it either. So let's share this and let's get ready to dive in. Let's go. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing with Anchor. I found that I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or I might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. Hello and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. My name is Hiram. And today, one of the things that we have done is I've been able to find someone um, that will be able to help us as parents, to be effective parents, to be um, to be parents that will not only you know raise our children, but raise them with the right tools, the right insight that they would need to be effective. Do me a favor before we dive in, for those that are listening on the podcast, if it's Apple, Google, Google, Anchor, Spotify, make sure that you are subscribed. But also I want you to comment and I want you to share this with somebody that you know that needs to be a part of this conversation that didn't get the opportunity to hear it like you are right now. So do me a favor for those that are watching, those that are listening, even if you're driving in your car, tap on the top of your steering wheel and guess give a warm welcome to Robert Saul. How you doing, sir? Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here today. Yes, sir. Well, welcome to the podcast. Do me a favor as uh, before we dive into this conversation, kind of introduce yourself to those that do not know you, and then we'll go from there and kind of dive in this conversation a little bit deeper. Sure. Um, I've been a pediatrician for, um, well, been a pediatrician for 45 years. 
uh, and also a medical geneticist. Uh, and it's with that background uh, that I come to uh, share some of my uh, experience uh, about uh, what sort of what I like to do is share some of my journey because mm -hmm. I think that journey is helpful. And then that gets us to where uh, trying to give some tangible uh, parenting tips uh, going forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, well, let's do this. I personally would like to start kind of from the top. Um, how do we kind of get into the field that you're in as of today? Like, Where did this all begin and start this journey? Well, I mean, I, uh, I wanted to go into medicine uh, okay. and I decided that I wanted to go into pediatrics as I got very involved with children with disabilities. Mm. Um, and uh, so that was in the mid 70s when I finished up my medical school training. I wanted to go into pediatrics and did that. Mm -hmm. uh, graduated from medical school in the, at the University of Colorado. Uh, went to uh, did my pediatric training at Duke University, and then did medical genetics training also to see what I could do. So I've I've been on both sides of this equation in terms of just doing primary care mm -hmm. and also doing specialty care, and I think that's allowed me to sort of open my eyes and be a lot more receptive to a lot of things. Yeah. If you allow me to fast forward for just a second, I actually just yeah. retired. Oh, in, well, congratulations. In, in December. <laughs> uh, and uh, well, it was, it was, it was a hard decision, but at age 71, it finally made sense uh, oh, to, wow. take a, to take some time and smell a few more roses along the way here. Well, I'll but, say but this. But I'm still very busy. I'm involved with the, the South Carolina chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm the president of the South Carolina chapter right now. So okay. uh, that's where I am right now. Yes, sir. Well, I'll say for uh, a 71 year old, you look very, very good. Um, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you look very, very good, sir. I, I had a good makeup team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope through this conversation, I, we can be able to kind of dig some of that wisdom that you've been able to gain over the years, uh, being able to you know be in the field that you've been in. Um, I know that there's a lot of lessons that you've been able to see and to learn with even within your own self over the years of helping in the pediatric form um, and you know seeing these how impactful the context of the the importance of uh, a parent and their child and so when i know you have i believe it's two different books two books that you have written um being able to help us as parents and so tell me about the first book and kind of how that came to be Sure. Let me give you the background with that. Again, I started uh, in uh, Greenwood, South Carolina with my medical practice mm -hmm. um, and was very busy. Uh, of course, as you graduate from medical school, you want to be the best on doc darn doctor you can be. You get very involved uh, and that can take a lot of work, even though I was out of training it, um, and it can take some time away from the family. Mm -hmm. um, and a, uh, my first marriage, unfortunately, dissolved, but not because mm. of my medical uh, career, but for some other reasons. Mm. Uh, and in the mid-1990s, I found myself saying, you know, I really haven't been paying attention to what, the com what I need to be doing in the community. I've mm. been so focused on my singular purpose as a physician and as a father uh, that I sort of lost track of being a citizen. So I heard, mm. a, heard a conversation then that had has had a profound impact on me ever since. Uh, I heard a, a healthcare futurist say 12 words that made a huge difference. He was talking about whatever happens in your community, and you can identify these as problems 
or you mm -hmm. can identify these as areas of improvement. But for anything that happens in your community, I am the problem. I am the solution. I am the resource. Wow. Those, those 12 words just have been sort of my North star uh, mm -hmm. after that. Now, what a, you know, it's not their problem. It's my problem. I need yeah. to take ownership in whatever's happening in the community. It's not their drug problem. It's not their teenage pregnancy problem. Uh, it's not their rundown housing problem. It's my problem. Yeah. And yeah. I need to be part of the solution. But to do that, I need to devote my resources to that. So I went, I took me, actually, it took me several months to internalize that message. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then I went to the folks in the community. I said, put me in, you know, I want, I'm ready to do some work. I'm wanted, and I really felt good. I felt sort of smug that I was really a, a good citizen, a good guy. Right. Uh, and then, and then Columbine hit mm. April 20th, 1999, two teenagers walk into a school, massacre 13 people and kill themselves. I was just aghast as we all were. And I said, yes. I said, could this happen in my community? And the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. What have I done to sort of try to do what my part to try to prevent that from happening? And the answer was not enough. Hmm. So I sat down, put pencil to paper. We did that back then um, and uh, wrote an op-ed article for the local newspaper about what each of us could do to make, uh, to improve our community. And I came up with the five steps to community improvement. Learn to be the best parent you could be, get involved, stay involved, which I think is something different. Mm -hmm. Love for others. And the most, the most difficult, I think, and probably the most important is forgiveness, mm. Learn, learning the practice of forgiveness. And so over the course of then the next 12, 13 years, I wrote over 160 plus articles for the local newspaper uh, talking about each of those five steps. Yeah. Um, and so I, that sort of became where I was going with this. And I was, as I would write some of these, uh, I would share them with my wife, um, mm. which was a mistake, but that was, that's okay. <laughs> and she would, she would say, I don't think, I don't know about this one. This sounds too preachy. And I said, well, I don't understand. I don't think you understand. I don't mm -hmm. think you understand who I'm preaching to. And she said, who? I said, I'm preaching to me. Mm, if like this, that. if these comments have some which for me were action steps for me. If they have something of some benefit to other people, then that's just icing on the cake for me. Yeah. So I went through those. And if you, if I can, let me just sort of put a little mm -hmm. more meat on the, on those five steps bones. Yes, please. Um, well, learn to be the best parent you could be. I chose my words carefully there because parenting is a lifelong learning experience. Even when you get, grandparent, even when you become a grandparent, you're still learning Yeah. Uh, to be the best parent you could be. Not everyone has the same abilities uh, because of their life circumstances, because of their, uh, their education. It's so my job as a pediatrician was to try to enhance their abilities the best that I could. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me as a pediatrician to say, well, this is what you got to do. Right. And right. maybe they didn't have the resources to do it. They might have, you know, might not have had the housing to do it or, or a variety of things. So it, my job was to sort of gently peek behind the curtain and see what I could do to help them uh, in terms of their parenting skills. Yeah. Uh, second, get involved. I think it's so important to get involved in your community. Uh, 
because uh, that's what sends the message for yourself, for others, and for your children in terms of what it means. But things will change, so sometimes you have to stay involved mm. uh, because things, you know, you mm. might migrate out of what you were doing, what initially was your passion, might something else. So you just need to be there to stay involved. Right. The fourth one is intuitive, love for others. But we seem to be having a real trouble with that one, uh, especially in today's society. Yes. Um, yes so um, that uh, we always need a constant reminder about that one. But the fifth one, I think, is the most difficult. And it, it's, the, it's the longest journey for me is the, the journey of learning forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, a great yeah. little book by Mitch Album called Tuesdays with Maury. Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, Mitch, Tuesday, Maury was a his one of his college professors, and uh, Mitch Album, who was a sports writer, mm -hmm. uh, found out that his college professor was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. Went to visit him, and actually, then every Tuesday for a period of time, and uh, his professor sort of gave him some life lessons. But one of the take-home messages for me from that book was what Maury Schwartz said: "Forgive yourself first. Mm -hmm. That is what you're doing. What." You, the thoughts you have that don't let you move on, mm. forgive others and do it now. I like that. Um, and because, you know, forgiveness, I mean, your four-year-old wax your two-year-old and you tell the four-year-old, tell him you're sorry. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a form of forgiveness, you know, mm -hmm. asking for an apology or apologizing, but that's very different than what a 10-year-old should do, 20-year-old, 40-year-old, 60-year-old, or a 71-year-old. Yeah. We ought to be able to be more sophisticated in our response. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and yeah. so that's, um, and the other thing I've learned about forgiveness that's really, I think, important is not just personal forgiveness, mm -hmm. but what I call social or communal forgiveness. Hmm. Um, for example, the American Medical Association, some years past, and I don't know the specific timeline, mm -hmm. did not allow black physicians in, into their membership. Mm -hmm. um, hence, there was an organization that was developed called the National Medical Association, essentially for black physicians. Mm -hmm. I don't know when they started allowing uh, black physicians in, but the easy thing to then at that point was say, well, you know, we did, th you know, that, that's what's, what somebody else in the past did, you know, right. we're, we're moving on. But they uh, saw that they needed to do more than that. Yeah. So about 10, 15 years ago, they wrote an article and, and publicly apologized for their mm. uh, wow. negligence. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, it's easy to say, well, it wasn't me. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> but they realized it was us. Um, and that's what I mean by social or communal forgiveness. So it was us. And if we're going to reset our moral compass going forward, we need to acknowledge that and go forward. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's really uh, in your state of Texas, that's an, it's an issue. In my state of South Carolina, it's really an issue with the Confederate flag. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, you know, that is an abhorrent symbol of, of slavery. Right. Um, and it needs to be taken down. It needs to be recognized for what it is mm -hmm. instead of just, quote, heritage, uh, which too many people in our state do. Uh, yeah. So 
you know, we continue to the need for social or communal forgiveness in addition to sort of personal forgiveness. Yeah. Now, how when after you wrote this, because um, you stated that when you wrote it, you wrote it really preaching to yourself. Uh, so how did these five keys, I'll say it that way, how did these five keys um, affect you as a parent uh, with your own children? Well, you know, as I said, it was, you know, I wrote those 160 articles and I mm -hmm. would share them with folks around the country. And then they finally said, you need to put it into a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then, then I, in 2013, published My Children's Children, Raising mm -hmm. Young Citizens in the Age of Columbine. Yeah. How it affected me was I felt that we'd lost track of one of the most important things that we do in our society, especially mm. in a democratic society is be citizens. Yeah. Citizens take care of each other. Citizens care for each other. Citizens not citizens don't just say what can what's in it for me. Mhm. Mm uh, citizen and by being a good citizen that's how you become a better parent. Mm. For, for example, uh when my parents divorced when I was young and mm -hmm. I remember my mother who did an incredible job and I'd like to think of if any of what I'm saying today makes any sense, that mm -hmm. it's almost coming from her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, I remember her saying, all I want you to do is be happy, Bob. I just want you to be happy. Wow. Um, and when my first marriage ended in divorce, I remember telling my oldest son, I just want you to be happy. And then I realized as I was going through this process, this revelation introspection mm -hmm. process, that I think I had it wrong. What I really wanted him to do was, really wanted myself and my sons to be good citizens. And if they're good citizens, then they will be happy. Yeah. Now that's somewhat simplistic, mm -hmm. but I think it's, it's the core value uh, that it's not search happiness and you'll become a good citizen. I think mm -hmm. if you become a good citizen uh, and practice what citizens need to do, and those, those can be people with faith or no faith. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, right. All of us can be good citizens. Um, and so I think it's I think that's crucial. Uh, and if you're a good citizen, if you're willing to take care of other people, if you understand willing to listen to other people, uh, if you're willing to love other people and care for those people, then I think you'll you'll find inner happiness. Yeah, I was actually I was having a conversation today um, with someone. And in that conversation, I was sharing with them really, I believe, the importance of serving one another. And, and sometimes I think we, we, you know, we get into this mode of where it's all about me, me, me. Um, you know, even when it's talking about our community or it's talking about our, you know, our cities, um, it, we get into this mode of what can I get out of it? Who's doing this for me? Who's doing that for me? When in some form, the heart should be, how can I serve? Where can I help? Um, what can I put my hand into? And so when you start sharing or saying what you're saying as being citizens versus trying to only look at my happiness per se, um, or, you know, going into this aspect, it's almost in that same mindset of where as a citizen, my heart is, I want to help people. And in that helping people in making that impact in people's lives, um, in, you know, in doing those things, I find my happiness, Absolutely. you know? And so I, 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 I love that. And I think that that is, that's something that if we, 
get into the mindset or get our children, I guess you would even, as you're stating, get our children into that mindset, they will find a happiness that they couldn't find in, in, in the other field or any other. And way. if you look at, if you look at those 12 words, I said, I am the problem. I am the solution. I am the resource change mm -hmm. the pronoun. Yeah. We are the problem. We are the solution. We are the resource. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, uh, it, it, puts it on it puts it on all of us and pediatricians are particularly exasperated these mm -hmm. days during the during the covid pandemic especially now with the uh, this delta variant we're so yeah. uh, upset that not enough people are not vaccinated and not enough people are not protecting the health of children by allowing them especially in our state mm -hmm. to wear a mask when they go to school we want them in school we want them in school right they have to be protected yeah yeah, um, no, that's so, true. So we want to make sure we can do with, what we can with that. After yeah. I finished the first book, I actually came up with a little children's book for that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a very atypical children's book because it's a series of 13 beautiful illustrations. I didn't do them um, <laughs> of what people can be doing in their community to, to improve their community. Uh, it's a it's it's a mom breastfeeding. It's a, a family going to the senior center. It's a family going to animal shelter. It's showing kids after a baseball game shaking hands with each other. It's going to a military cemetery. It's mm. eating as together as a family. It's reading together with the TV off. Mm. Uh, and so it's a it's a, I call it Good Night Moon with a message, because it's uh, it's the pictures. Uh, and then the messages are there. The messages are for the kids, but also mm -hmm. for the parents to learn in terms of what they can uh, and should be doing. So it sounds like some of the principles, I guess you would say, um, that you're sharing even in that book is some really, I would say, some of the core of what family used to look like. Uh, you know, when family did sit together as a family um, and eat dinner and, you know, there was no, you know, watch, we're going to watch TV or we're going to be on our cell phones and, you know, looking up different things. It was we dive in as a family. I want to know about your day. I want to know how you're doing, uh, you know, those basic things. And then the supporting or helping the community you know, helping in different areas, you know, volunteering at different places, but doing it not individually, but as a collective, um, as a family. And so I, I think that that's, that's wonderful. I know my youngest son, um, his name is Isaiah. He's uh, just turned, just turned uh, eight and he has a passion. I mean, a real heart to want to help the homeless. Um, you know, every time we have a conversation about, you know, those different things, you know, he, I want to make all this money so I can help these, you know, help the homeless people, you know? And so it's, it's in those things, just like you're saying is now helping your, your community. Now it's being a great, a good citizen and taking those times to be able to say, okay, this is how you can be impactful. This is how you can be able to help. And then we're going to gather around that as a family so we can be able to build that portion in you as you go forward. Right. And so let me let me jump ahead to, to sort of my parenting book, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. as you introduced me at the beginning, uh, yes. conscious, called Conscious Parenting. Uh, using the parental awareness threshold. So I'd like to think that everything I had sort of done up until then 
in terms of my books and my writings sort of prepared me for sort of saying, okay, let's give, let's give parents some more tangible ideas mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what specifically, you know, it's nice to say you should be a good person, but what are the things I should be specifically focusing on? Yeah. Uh, and again, I sort of, uh, let me give you a little bit of background to that. When I switched jobs the before I retired, uh, eight years before I retired, I worked for a, a healthcare system that had a leadership training called conscious leadership. Hmm. And in a nutshell, that meant you, they wanted you to be conscious of where you were. Uh, for example, you're in a three o'clock meeting and you're saying to yourself, this is the most boring meeting I have ever been in. When's this thing going to end? Uh, and so they want you to just be conscious of that. That is, mm -hmm. if you can say, okay, wait a minute, you know, I really hate this meeting. Um, and I can either, I can be conscious of that and just mm -hmm. stay that way until the meeting's over. Or right. now that I'm conscious of it, how can I change my awareness, my activity, my participation to, mm -hmm. to do better? And they talk about a line. When you're above the line, you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to learn. Hmm. When you're below the line, you're defensive, you're right, um, and you're closed. Hmm. I think the same thing holds for parenting. Wow. Uh, that is, there's a, I call it the parental awareness threshold. When you're above that, the PAT, mm -hmm. football reference, uh, the you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to listen to what your kids are saying. When you're below the line, you're closed, you're right, and gosh darn it, I'm the parent. Mm. Uh, and and there's and it, again, as parents, as all, we're going to be above and below the line. The point yeah. is being conscious of it. The point is being conscious of it in two ways: one, in the moment mm -hmm. at the at it's happening, and then two, in retrospect. What do I mean? Well, in the moment, you might say, you know, my kid's yelling at me, and I'm my normal reaction is to yell back. Right. Yeah. Um, and in the moment, if you can, what it would be nice to do would be to pause, assess why this has devolved to this situation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then choose an appropriate response instead of just escalating things. Yeah. Now that's sometimes that's not so easy. No, yeah, it's depending not, yeah. on the situation, it's the end of the day. You're you're worried about your finances. You're worried about your job. I mean, there's just so many factors that come into so into into our human and social existence these days. So if you screwed up, if you yelled and escalated things, then it's nice to sort of consciously review things after the fact mm. and say either with a spouse or a trusted individual or a pastor or a friend or. Um, a relative or a, a, a sibling say, you know, that what I did a couple of days ago was really did not go over well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really not proud of that. And what can I do to do better going forward? Uh, hmm. So I want people to sort of, uh, and the book sort of details how to sort of try to do that in terms of learning, listening, altering responses, being receptive. Sometimes you got to change. Sometimes you don't have to change. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, and at each stage of childhood, it's difficult. I mean, it's easy for a pediatrician to say with the, to the mother that has that colicky baby, oh, it'll go away. Right. Um, don't worry about it. And the mother comes in, obviously, with these huge bags under her eyes. And she's 
she is completely a puddle of tears. Uh, right. And she might be a single parent. Well, she needs some coping skills. She needs to figure out how to how to do this yeah. rather than just me pat her on the back. Um, and I think some of that is just being consciously aware of where you are. That is, if you're really, if you could figure out, you know, I'm so run down that I just, I need help. Yeah. Um, and the same sort of thing happens at one year of age when you, you're, you come home, you know, the dad comes home, pardon the sexist mm -hmm. roles here. Dad comes home uh, and mom is feeding the baby and the baby's throwing the peas on the floor. <laughs> and dad thinks that's so cute. Mom is at wit's end. Yeah. I mean, you know, the two other the two other children have been fighting all afternoon. Um, she's tired of picking up the food. Um, yeah. And you come and you come home and everything's happy go lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you need that. to sort of figure out what's going on and how to take that step back. Yeah. And I use the example in the book of uh, you could do this for say a ten year old. Mom mm -hmm. picks up the child at school goes through the drive-in because the child says, I'm thirsty, gets a drink and says, oh, don't spill this. Mm -hmm. And the child gets in the back seat in the booster seat, you know, two blocks down the road, mom, uh, my, my drink spilled. Well, your, your first reaction is to pull over, yell and say, I told you so. And uh, it would be nice to pause, mm. assess, and then choose. Because, hmm. you know, in my in the scenario I put in the book, it act, the drink actually tipped over because you took that turn too fast and the book bag knocked it over. Uh, so sometimes right. it happens. I mean, right. so the parent needs to be aware of their reaction mm -hmm. can be as painful. Um, yeah. As <laughs> and one yeah. other quick th one other quick thing is uh, one night. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure this isn't just my family. One night, my son did something, and I yelled at him. And I think he was like uh, seven or eight or nine. Mm -hmm. He just melted. I mean, he was a puddle of tears. Mm -hmm. um, and my mm -hmm. wife got mad at me for yell yelling. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we went into that family meltdown mode where nobody talks for about two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone sort of goes their separate ways or just walks past each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and because oftentimes that's the cooling off period. <laughs> um, and let, let that night, then when I was putting my son to sleep, I said, son, I'm so sorry. You know, you did something I didn't, I didn't think was right, but my response was completely inappropriate. Yeah. And I should not have done that. And I want to apologize and I hope you'll forgive me. And, uh, and I, you know, we're in this together and I, a few more things. And he said, dad, would you be quiet? I said, why? He said, I hate it when you're nice. Uh, <laughs> now I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but what I say that is, is maybe some of the principles of conscious parenting mm -hmm. I was doing before I even wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, the whole point to me, conscious parenting is, are the skills that lead to conscious pa parenting are the same skills that lead us to raise good citizens. Yeah. Uh, and that's, what I want us to be, to be doing uh, better. Yeah. So in the book, I sort of have scenarios that from, you know, from zero to two, five to 10, and in teen years in terms of just little scenarios in terms of what to do, what, how to respond to things, how to drop off your kid at school if they're screaming and they won't, don't want to go, mm -hmm. been, been there, done that. <laughs> uh, and uh, when you're a teenager, 
you know, wants the car keys and it's not appropriate for them to have the car keys because of some indiscretion. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, it's not the, the whole point of parenting is you don't just, oh, I'm just going to pause, assess and choose a calm path. Sometimes you have to be the parent. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you yell, fly off the handle, but it means you're just calm and collected and say, no, not tonight. You know, you did not do what we said you were supposed to do two nights ago. And until two more nights from now, then we'll then we'll, we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And and for those that are listening, um, as well as for those that are watching, make sure that you take advantage of this opportunity in reference to not just what you're hearing, but the books and the material that he has. Um, it's four different levels. I'll say it that way for different levels of your life. Again, you're talking about if you have a child um, that, you know, we can go over the the uh, children's to children's book and, and you can be able to work that through. But then also the parenting book we're looking at is something that helps us as parents at the different stages of parenting. Sometimes we can have these these struggles of where, OK, I'm trying to get this good at one and two. Now you're three and four. Now what do I do? And it's like sometimes we say parenting. We don't have a manual or a book on parenting. But now you do. You have something that can be able to help you through the different stages and give you some wisdom and some insight. So um, his information and will be in the description. You can go and get these books and make sure that you read and get the wisdom that you need to become a better parenting uh, parent and be able to be effective for not only as a parent, but as a person. Because I think these same tools that you're giving us helps us as in, in your work office, how you respond when somebody has done something, you know, they ain't got on your nerves or said something wrong or did something, you know, it's how, how you respond even in those um, pieces as well. And so this is very, very good. Um, so I'm personally going to be taking some of these tools and and applying it to my own self, um, because as you're talking, I'm thinking of moments and scenarios of when, oh, man, I did that. I remember I, I, I started, you know, I yelled at my son because he did, you know, did this, whatever. And uh, and now it's like, OK, now I need to start taking the time, pausing for a minute before I actually respond. Um, and like you said, being conscious of that present time, being conscious of the of what happening, even if I mess up. I still need to sit back and say, okay, did I do that right? Did I approach that the right way? Um, did I say that the right way? And um, and the, what I think is probably the biggest struggle sometimes as a parent, and I know you can probably agree to this as well, is after I've realized that I did it wrong, now going back and saying, please forgive me. Like I messed up. Um, you know, and sometimes I know that that can be a struggle as a parent to say that you're wrong. <laughs> and so, um, but thank you so much for this wisdom. Uh, thank you so much for this wisdom. Thank you so much for the insight because it is truly helpful. And I think that, that as if we become in this aspect, better parents, helping our children to become better citizens, we'll see a difference in the lives of the people that sits around us. And I think that that's the will start changing, not only in our homes, but it will change the dynamics of schools. It will change the dynamics of our community because we're doing our part um, in this whole uh, big thing called our lives. And so um, thank you for taking the time 
um, and listening to those around you and actually putting this into a book form. Um, so now, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people can be able to take advantage of what you are providing to us as a people. So thank you, sir, so much. Um, for that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been my pleasure. Yes, sir. Um, there is a question that I normally pose um, that it kind of goes with the theme of the podcast that I pose to um, any guests that I have on. And it's a question that I ask because I believe in all of our lives, we have different dynamics of how we see things, but those perspectives help and impact other people. Um, and so my question that I always ask is, what's greatness to you? What will you define greatness as? Um, I, I read that before I came on and then tried mm. to, and I, and, I, <laughs> I, and I didn't come up with a quick answer. Um, <laughs> I was hoping that as I was talking, I would come up with an answer. And I guess, I guess to me, the answer is greatness is people that take care of other people. Wow. I like that. Um, and cause that's, I mean, you know, as a, mm. as a nation of faith, uh, that's what we should be doing. But again, even if even the faithless mm -hmm. can take care can take care of other people, and that to me is is greatness, the ability, the desire to take care of others. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I really do like that. Um, I have heard. I've had the chance and opportunity to be able to hear so many different in reference to definitions. Um, from different people uh, when, again, when it comes to this answer and everybody's response, first response is per se the same. <laughs> like, this is a heavy question. I've really been trying to figure this out. Um, but, but I do, I love that answer. I really do love that answer. And I think that if we do become great like that, people helping people, we will see an effective change. Absolutely. We will see an effective change. Thank you so much uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule and uh, being a part of this. And again, for those that are watching, as those also that are listening, please um, make sure that you take advantage. Go and look at and uh, follow him on his social media links that I have at the bottom, as well as make sure that you take advantage and purchase uh, this book. I always want to make sure that I'm bringing someone to the platform. There it goes. My children's children and conscious parenting. Make sure that you do this. Um, also, you can uh, go into his website. You can get some information, kind of, you know, get some more um, wisdom, I would say, in that aspect from even from his site, his website, and just take advantage of this. I make sure I try my hardest to take time to bring people on that I believe is going to help us every day to become greater. And so uh, Mr. Saul is one of those people that I did truly believe that was going to bring something that is going to help our lives to become better and better as we continue to go forward in life. So again, thank you, sir, for coming on. Thank you. It's been it's really been my pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I pray that this conversation was impactful to you in some form of way. What I want to make sure is that not only are you hearing and learning this information, but that you're taking the time to apply something, some nugget, some, some piece that you took from this conversation that you can say, I can apply this for my life to be better. I want you to continue to be with me 
and make sure that you're with me every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I love you all, and I'll talk to you next time, right here on the Focus on Greatness family. Bye-bye.